and welcome back to Comics Exchange in the new year of 2023. Yeah, that's right. I am Mike D, as usual. Over here to my left, we have the resolute Ryan Shipley. Wow, okay. <laughs> You're running out of words. I mean, this is the ninth episode. I'm still going. Yeah, I'm buying you a thesaurus. thesaurus. Yes. And what else is going in the new year is the Comics Exchange and our liege, Mr. Bill Langford. Hi, thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here in the new year with both of y'all. I hope your resolution isn't to make me look more stuff up this year. Oh, you're looking <laughs> some stuff up. <laughs> My resolution yeah. is no resolutions for this year. I'm going to see how Ooh, that works out. And good. Completely resolutionless. And thankfully, the weather did not stop us tonight. Um, we had planned to record last week, and we got that surprise winter weather oh, uh, Monday morning. Uh, Monday evening, I mean. Mm, yeah. uh, thankfully, Lane was able to get home safely. And Mike, you had a ordeal yourself, didn't you? Yeah, luckily, nothing really happened other than my nerves and stress going through the roof. I, <laughs> I was working uh, here in downtown Knoxville that started kind of coming down out of nowhere. Luckily, our owners were benevolent and let us close early, but not in enough time for me to make it home before the roads were covered. And uh, it was it was treacherous. I had my little Kia. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was just going slow. What really just was so bad were these bullies. I mean, in the middle of a snowstorm, I'm on the interstate in the slow lane in my Kia, and I've still got these, mm, I can't say it because this is a safe work podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But these bullies with these giant neon headlights just mm -hmm. riding on my tail, like, get out of my way. What? I'm already stressed out. It's yeah, it just yeah, a yeah. nightmare. Luckily, I got home. I couldn't make it all the way up the driveway, so I had to kind of park at the bottom. But uh, yeah, treacherous weather here in Knoxville. Now, in fairness, I, I didn't realize that was your Kia. <laughs> and I was I was in a hurry to get home that night. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Because uh, I think that there was a football game. So if yeah. I, uh, next time I, I'll, uh, I'll bright light you. Oh, yes, yeah, let yeah, you know. Please do. Please <laughs> no, do. I hate those people. Uh, oh. yep. My wife gets so angry and she uh, she's um she gets where she's an angry driver. Mm. Uh huh. And I've so seen it. she'll uh, <laughs> yes. Um, and she'll uh, she'll let loose and she'll start kind of yelling at the other driver. And I tell them, no, I'm like, listen, they can't hear you. Yeah, you know, it doesn't do any good. I'm yeah. the only one that's hearing hearing this. And your kids uh, are great because they'll 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 call her out for being a hypocrite sometimes about the way that she drives. Yeah, she gets. Uh, but now uh, I will say it, it, she's been doing a great job. Uh, um, Elizabeth's got a driver's permit, so she's been uh, kind of training her and, and giving her uh, lessons and how to. Uh, I like every episode begins with us being mean to your wife and then like <laughs> backpedaling. I make it up right at the yeah. end, you know, just so, yeah. yeah, when I go home, it's all cool. How exciting is that? I mean, Ebitz is driving. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's kind of interesting because we we drive her to school now and um, she's ready to drive her to school herself. Mm hmm. But I'm just afraid, you know, when you have that one friend that drives, all of a sudden, yeah. now they're the school bus. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. all their friends want them to come pick them up. Yeah. And so I told her, I said, listen, yeah, your first car, it may have to be something where it's like a two-seater. You know, I can't. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if she gets a seven-seater, then every time, you know, they they want to go yep. to... Uh, She's going to be the one. To Bonnaroo, or they yeah. want to go to yeah, go to some event. You know, let's get uh, let's get Elizabeth to drive. Yep. yep. Then it's a coming of age teen movie, and we all know what's going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, it's yeah. just chaos. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rated PG. <laughs> but yeah, but then tonight the weather got really dicey around like three in the afternoon, so I wasn't sure. But you know, we we fight the weather to bring this. We're like the postman. Yeah, not the bad Kevin Costner movie, right? No, 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 not okay. that one. <laughs> all right. No. Um, but no, and also uh, go Vols. Uh, we won uh, handedly, I thought. There was a football game, wasn't there? There was a football game, um, and the Vols, it wasn't where we wanted it to be. It wasn't the bowl game we wanted. Um, no, but that being said, the outcome of the bowl game 
it bodes very well for next year. Yep. We handled a Clemson team that came out that was they were motivated. Yeah. They had a lot to play for. Dabo Sweeney had talked a big game. Yep. And um, we came out with a quarterback that was uh, pretty much new to uh, to our uh, the first team at least. You know, yep. with uh, Joe Milton, and he performed admirably. You know, yeah. the squ- squirrel went crazy. Uh huh. Squirrel White and uh, uh, Squirrel White, great name. Yeah. And I was like feeling okay if the Vols had lost because the the quarterback for Clemson was named Shipley. So oh, like yeah. either way, I'm a winner here. Well, me and, um, me and Kendra had a good time yelling at the TV at Shipley. Um, one thing I didn't want to say before we went farther here. Um, so today at work, somebody made a joke like, Hey, make sure the customers write 2023 instead of 2022 Ah, on their checks. mm. And we found out three or four people on my team, Gen Zers have never written a check in their life. So honestly, Hmm. I felt super old right away, but I kind of wonder, Bill, with you being in this business, Mm -hmm. do you still have a lot of people that do checks Hmm. or is it mostly like cash and credit cards now? So I have, I think, two or three or maybe four regular people that do checks. Okay. Mostly older customers. Yeah. Um, no judgment. Yeah, yeah, no judgment. But, uh, yeah, it, it's become kind of a unusual thing now to see checks. And yeah. not just checks, but cash in general. Wow. Well, I mean, wow. yeah, welcome to yeah. 2023. I felt yeah, like the yeah. end of that Tears for Fear video where the guy turns into an old man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I felt like kept at the end of uh, Endgame. No, Steve no, Rogers, yeah. Uh, I remember a while back I had to explain to a, a kid what an arcade was. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he had no idea. And I was like, yeah, it was this place we used to go with all our quarters, and there was a bunch of uh, stand-up video games. and It was magical. Yeah. It, it yeah. was magical. It was, uh, it was a different time back then. It was a very different time. And always had that weird smell, which we now know what that smell was. But <laughs> back then... Um, well, now but back yeah. to the uh, transactions. Now, when somebody brings in like cash, do you just assume they're a drug dealer or up to something nefarious? Huh. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I hope not, because that's what Bill carries. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for in the hobby, you'll have some people that carry cash because to make a deal, sometimes cash kind of greases the oh. greases oh, the gears yeah, yeah, a little yeah, bit. Right, right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that's that's kind of a, a, a motivation for carrying cash. But uh, when I first opened, I think. 23, 24 years ago, yeah. um, it was about 90%, oh, I'm sorry, it was about 50% cash, 50% credit card. Hmm. Okay. And uh, now I'm about 90% credit card, 10% cash. Really? I think when, yeah, when I do my yearlies. Okay. So, yeah, there's been a huge move away from, from cash, and uh, it just seems more convenient for people, I guess, just to not have to fool with carrying yeah. and... And some people are anti-coins. You yeah, know, those people that just they don't like uh, they don't like coins. No, I have to um, I have to go to the ATM every month to withdraw for my part of the rent. Um, if I can't just like uh, have if they if my roommate doesn't just uh, he still does checks. Yeah, yeah. Because my apartments, uh, they charge a ten percent convenience fee if you use a credit card. Boo. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, and with the rent prices these days. Uh, yeah, that's a huge fee. That ten percent can get you. So yeah. Man, yeah. yeah, no, that's crazy. Yep, dang, that's rude. Yeah, because I think my credit card processing fees like under two percent. So, Is it uh, okay? So if they're charging you ten percent, they're they're making probably seven or eight percent. You know, it's just profit. Well, wouldn't it be easier on their end to process the cards? You I think th- you think so? Yeah. Um, one thing we definitely learned in this discussion for uh, 
comics exchange customers <laughs> pay by cash because it seems like you can haggle easier. Mm, mm. You know, the IRS didn't hear that, but yes, you can. Huh. Yes. Nice. I'm going to try that at Walmart later. Yeah, I've, uh, I've often wondered if that would work when the next time I go through the Kroger, if I'm like, <laughs> hey, you know, you got $2.80 on this, this box of tortillas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But will you take $2.40? <laughs> and uh, I promise I'll shop here, you know, tomorrow. You know, there had to be people that started really getting bummed out when they started doing checks like credit cards because mm-hmm. there had to be a lot of people i'll admit i was one of them when i was younger and bad with money yeah where you write the check knowing it's going to take like three or four days to <laughs> you'd float that check yes and you're you're gambling is this going to bounce or is my money going to be there that's an og move yeah yes that's yeah. a dumb teenager move <laughs> yes um yes no um and i'll tell you another thing i didn't realize about checks when i um first opened uh, and I didn't have much money in the bank. A lady comes in and she tells me a, a story. She says, listen, my son's passed away. Mm. Uh, he had a large comic collection. Um, my husband and I, we're divorced. I don't have any money to pay for my son's funeral. And I'm trying Ooh. to sell some of his stuff to raise money. She says, I've got his comics and some of his action figures if, if you're interested. And so I told the lady, I said, listen, I'll give you $200. However, I have to post date this check till next week because I won't have the $200 in my account till next week. Mm-hmm. So I put the date on the check for a week in advance. I come in the next day. I check my banking account. She went, oh. and, cashed, she went and cashed the check. Oh, wow. Yes. And so I called the bank and I said, hey, I, you know, there's this woman and I post-dated this check till next week and there may be some mistakes. It looks like it already goes to my account. And the lady at the bank told me, uh, sir, it doesn't matter what debt you put on the check. Uh, the check is cashable as oh, when they bring it in wow so yeah so a lot of people think you can put a, a future date on the check and yeah, the check yeah, yeah. doesn't mature until that date yeah however at least at first tennessee for slash first horizon at the time that was not the case <laughs> you could have been sneaky and maybe try to get that check in and like change the year this yes. check is not going to be cash until next year they can't do anything it's yeah. a foolproof plan yeah one time i, I wish i would have known that because there was a time i gave my my buddy was uh was drunk at a bar one time and i gave him a ride home yeah and, uh and he was so drunk, he wrote me a check for $7,500 for like eight years in the future. <laughs> oh, wow. And he, yeah, he put like 2008 on it. It yep. was just like the year 2000. Yeah. I wonder uh, if that would impact it, because usually checks are good for 90 days. So if they did write the check for into the future, would it, I guess it would count, that 90 days would start ticking when that date hits. Right. But I could cash it at any time, at least at First Tennessee, First Horizon. Yeah. It didn't matter if you wrote it uh, you have for too much eight, power. eight years in the future. So, yeah. yeah that yeah. feels like a lot of power. <laughs> it's Yeah. The banking system needs to be reformed. <laughs> I love how this, uh, the first 10 minutes of this podcast, you don't know where it's going. It's like uh, the old Family Circus uh, cartoon where uh, Billy shows his wandering around the neighborhood to go from point A to point B, and it's like all over the place. Don't make me feel old. I hate, I hate, I've already felt old today. I hated Family Circus. Everybody hated Family I, Circus. I, sometimes I would read it. Sometimes I wouldn't. Usually the only reason I read it is because, uh, you know, I'd already got the newspaper. I was like, well, yeah. I'm going to get my money's worth. I'm going to read the Family Circus. But uh, sometimes it wouldn't even make sense to me. I don't know if they, they went over my head, I'd like if they were supposed to be funny yeah. or if it was supposed to be like emotional or sentimental. But sometimes I'd read the Family Circus. And I was like, I just don't get it. Uh, any, any Anything in the news, Mike? Well, what is it when you want to say... R.I.P. for somebody, but they're not dead yet. They're in the hospital. Is I guess I guess thoughts and prayers. Is that that's what we're gonna do? We can do thoughts and prayers. Right, we got and some good thoughts vibes. and prayers yeah. and good vibes for old Jeremy Renner. Seems he was in a snowplow accident, which is crazy. Yeah, ran over his leg. Is that what happened? When I was, he, was he snowplowing? He or? was snowplowing. Okay. Ah, He's a big um, outdoorsman. I I, I take it. Okay. Uh, he was uh, driving. I think a snowcat. 
Okay. And then a car, what, just broke loose? No, I don't know what happened. The snowplow fell. Or I don't know what happened there. But the good thing is they said one of his neighbors was a doctor. Wow. Oh, and wow. the doctor and the neighbor was able to... Dr. Strange? Like, <laughs> Is there a doctor in the house? <laughs> so just... Started applying all the fresh, you know, you know, getting everything that you need to do and that before they were able to get the, the helicopter there to rush them off. Wow. I also read mm. blunt force trauma to the chest, which sounds very painful. Golly. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so they said, like, uh, stable but critical condition. Mm. This is recording Tuesday night, so if yes. something does happen, uh, yeah, but, uh, but hopefully, he, hopefully he's going to pull through here. Well, if uh, if something happened with Jeremy Renner, what would uh, what would they do with Hawkeye? Would they just uh, what would they leave him off in the they, uh, they at left the end him of off the... in a in a good in a good way? Because it was That's after true. the TV show, right? The mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that yeah. was the last time that we've seen him. So okay, I think they would just retire the character for a while. I think so. Yeah. Well, well they could have him make cameos and just mentor. Uh, I can't think of the character's name. Haley Steinfeld. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Kate. Kate Bishop. Jeez, yeah, Kate Bishop. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, hopefully he pulls through. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been scary like the last, uh, I guess, 48 hours with injuries like that. And then um, what happened to the Buffalo Bills player the mm-hmm. other night? Uh, we won't get into it too much because that's depressing. Um, but we do hope both of them yes. um, have a uh, fast recovery. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Not a good way to start the new year for those fellows. Yeah. One positive came out with the Buffalo Bills player. What was his name? Look it up. <laughs> Look it up. Damar Hamlin. Oh, Damar Hamlin, that's right. Is um, that he had a, uh, a charity that I think up until last night had raised about $2,500. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time I checked it, I think it was about $5 million. Wow. Yeah, a lot of people have gone to this um, to his charity and are, are donating. That's it's a toy charity for children. Yep. That's even better. Yeah. So, uh, that's you know, a lot of toys. Yeah. Well, so. there's, there's that. And, and if anything, maybe... Um, if this maybe incentivizes one or two people out there to to learn CPR, oh, I mean, wow. just the benefit of of having somebody, you know, it's it's free and it's easy to learn and hmm. uh, it can come in handy at any time. Yeah, uh, that's one thing they said uh, on the set of Better Call Saul mm-hmm. after Odenkirk had his heart attack, like I think where they were filming the ninth episode. Mm-hmm. Um, after he came back, um, uh, Vince Gilligan and Peter uh, Nolan um, offered anybody on the staff actors and everybody else um if they wanted to learn cpr and everybody took the class oh wow yeah yeah yep. there's hmm. no reason not to no it's like after high school you don't really ever look into hey i should learn cpr where can i learn yeah it seems like i, I can't remember but i want to say we had a class in high school maybe in health class where they covered like cpr and i want to say maybe even the homic maneuver like we had to learn how to yeah. get someone the homic maneuver it's never as exciting as that episode of uh, the office um, but, uh, but no, I think CPR is something that everybody can learn and yeah. everybody should. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, I was at, um, where's the, uh, the buffet on, um, Western, uh, Copper Cellar. Yeah. I was yeah. at one of their buffets one year and, uh, your boy almost died. I really? started choking really bad on some ribeye. Whoa. A good, great way to go out if you do. Yeah, um, yes. But my friend, uh, Corey, that was with me, his brother-in-law was a paramedic, and he was able to uh, perform the Heimlich and save my life. Wow, right there in the middle of the restaurant. Yeah. So Heimlich, CPR, it's all should be taught. Yeah. 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 It seems like it uh, should be high school uh, yeah. re- required. Yeah. Uh, what else we got in the news? <laughs> Well, it's weird to find segues out of that. <laughs> Let's move into some uplifting. 
Let's choke on some news. <laughs> yes. Um, we got an anniversary, don't we? Somebody that seems to be related to comics somehow had an anniversary. Oh right? yes, uh, we the the day we were going to, um, or the day before we were going to record last week, uh, Mr. Stan Lee would have been one hundred years old. I've, where have I heard the name from? Remind me. Um, he uh, he's done. He's had a, a reality show on Sci Fi Channel. Who wants to be a superhero? I love season one. Season two was Bupkus. You know, I think you're right, actually. Yeah, it was. Um, and I'm going to be curious to see what Marvel does this year to celebrate him. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they did the really cool Humberto Ramos picture and all the books, yeah. but I'd imagine Marvel is going to do a lot more. I know they also have Avengers and X-Men 60th anniversary this year. I bet you they're going to do like a run of variant covers, right? probably some really nice trades or omnibuses with some of his best work. They got to do stuff, something, right? I would assume so. Um, Marvel's never one to let a marketing uh, situation <laughs> pass them by. Yeah. Uh, so if, if Disney can benefit off that, uh, they absolutely will. But they should because Stan deserves it. Um, yep. You're talking about someone who, along with Jack Kirby and Roy Thomas and John Buscema, you know, they created a lot of the the intellectual property and the the characters that we know and love. So yeah. Uh, for generations of kids. It's so. It's. I think it's been so cool that we lived in a time where Stan Lee was alive. It'd be like hmm. living yeah. in the same time as uh, Walt Disney. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and not only that, but you know, we had the opportunity to uh, to actually meet him a couple times. Yeah. Wow. Do you have some good stories about Stanley? I've I've got a, a pretty good one. You Share want your to... favorite. Yeah. So, well, you, so my favorite one. Um, let me think. It would have been maybe around 1993, I think. And so my friend that I was uh, in college with, uh, Jim. Uh, me, him, and his brother Jack, we were supposed to go and uh, and meet Stanley in Nashville at a comic book convention that was being put on. And um, so we, uh, the day of, we get ready and uh, we go and Jack turns out that he's sick and he can't make the trip. So it's, now it's just mm. me and his brother Jim. Um, so we get there and uh, Jim had this large, if you remember back in 1993, kind of like what a... Um, a camera cameraman would carry uh, and like a large. You drop the VCR tape in. It's got the microphone in front. It weighs forty pounds, fifty pounds. Um, and so we're going to record this interaction with Stan Lee. And so I've got the camera. I'm the cameraman. We finally get to the table. Stan's sitting there, and um, Jim's like, uh, "Mr. Lee, I just want to let you know that." Um, growing up, me and uh, and Jack, you know, our dad wasn't at home a lot, and so, you know, we'd watch uh, a lot of the TV shows, and uh, they were kind of your characters, kind of like surrogate fathers, you know, for for us growing up, and in a household that we didn't have a you know a, a present role model, uh, male role model, and uh, so he, you know he tells this 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 fantastic story about how much the the characters that Stan created meant to him and, and Jack and. Stan looks at me and looks at Jim. He says, "Well, where's where's Jack, your brother?" And Jim says, "Well, he was he wanted to come meet you, but he was sick. He couldn't make the trip." And Stan looks at me and says, "Uh, says, hey, uh, hey, true believer, is that thing on?" And I said, uh, "Yes, sir, Mister Lee, it is." Huh. And he looks right at the camera and he says, "Um, he says, Jack, I hear that you're sick, and uh, that makes me angry." Huh. And you won't like it when I get angry. Oh. And he grabs the the table, the signing table he was sitting at, and he starts to shake the table. What? Yeah, and he starts to actually kind of hulk out a little bit. Whoa! He stands up from the chair and he kind of kicks the chair back, and the huh. chair the chair topples over, and uh, 
I don't know. He may have even opened up a button or two on his shirt. I can't recall <laughs> oh, wow. how far he went with the. But somewhere, uh, uh, my, brother, my buddy Jim has that on VCR tape. Uh, because oh. it was and, and so that was that was my first time meeting Stan Lee and yeah. I remember thinking in my mind to myself I was like what a great ambassador for comics yeah. mm. what a great uh, advocate for, for comics you, I mean you couldn't ask for a better because yeah. it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just he didn't just do that for, for me and Jim and Jack but every person in line I would see he would extend the same hospitality Whoa. you know the same friendship the same uh, courtesy too so I just yeah it was it was a remarkable uh, remarkable experience and and everybody uh, and it's crazy because working in comics you know I've talked to dozens if not hundreds of people who've met Stanley and I've not heard one single bad story no nope. wow you know and that's the thing is you know you talk about anybody so if I if I mention Brad Pitt someone's got a story about well you know well Brad Pitt rode my Uber and you know he <laughs> did, he didn't tip and he took his shoes off and about you know yeah. there's yeah, always yeah. some. But I, I've yet to hear one single bad story about uh, from about, any of his colleagues from from anybody any yeah. any of the, the the countless people he's met the colleagues the yeah it's been it's amazing but yeah now you now, cause did you have a story you didn't but, yeah now I um I was blessed to meet him the year before he passed actually one of his final um, in person mm -hmm. uh, viewing this was at uh, Dragon Con. You know, basically, you stand in this, you get corralled into this pen, yeah. and you stand there for like an hour, hour and a half. It's super hot. Uh, they tell you, "Hey, you can't touch him." You know, at this point, he's ninety-seven, nine. You know, ninety-seven, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to be quick. Uh, you know, just like go up there, get your picture, and, and leave. And I'm standing there for my hour and a half, going, "I have to say something to him. This man means a lot to me. I mean, Spider-Man." Uh, saved me. So it finally comes time, and I'm standing there, and I rush up, and quickly I spout out, Mr. Stanley, it's an honor to meet you. You mean so much to me, and thank you so much for all your work. It's inspired me. Mm -hmm. And he looks at me and goes, beautiful kid, beautiful. And then turns around, and I do the, the web shooters into the picture. Hey. And then I'm, I'm, I'm pulled away, and I'm like a little kid turning around going, thank you very much, Mr. Stanley. <laughs> um, but the coolest thing about that whole thing was I also went to, he did a panel earlier in the day mm -hmm. and he told us right away, he goes, I had to pee, but I don't want, I didn't want you fans to have to wait for me. So I'm going to wait till I'm finished and I'll go pee. And he spent an hour and it's crazy to think a year later he mm -hmm. would be, he would be dead. Right. But how energetic he still was telling these stories. Stories say he's probably told thousands probably tens of thousands of times right but still super excited still excited to talk to the fans that again asking questions but he's probably been asked thousands of times yeah uh yeah just like you said a true ambassador and yeah. it, it's kind of good because unfortunately there are some comic book uh legends who as they get older get bitter mm -hmm. mm, absolutely. um and that never happened with stan no, no, he always seemed uh, to hold on to like the the wonder and the the magic of comics and almost like the youthfulness. It kind of kept him young at heart, like you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his age might have been ninety five, but yeah, he he came across like a like a, a young kid. Yeah, but man, the yeah. legacy that him and and all his co creators have, because you know we're not going to forget Jack King, we're not our Kirby, oh, yeah. we're not going to forget uh, Steve Dicto. No, no, I mean all those people played a, a huge role and. You know, Stan was kind of almost like the the carnival barker. 
Yeah. You know, and he made he made celebrities out of, you know, he gave them nicknames, you know, yeah, it, yeah. like Jazzy John Romita or uh, <laughs> yeah. Roy and Roy Thomas or He made uh, the bullpen. Jack King Kirby. Yeah. He kind of made the bullpen and he, yeah. you even felt like you knew Flo, you know. Yeah. And uh and there was a, a sense of of camaraderie and family and it felt like you were part of something new and fresh and DC was kind of like the old man's comics and Marvel yeah. was your comics and Yep. So yeah, I mean he did a great job of uh, being the idea guy, the pitch guy, and the, the kind of like the the PT Barnum. Even smaller things like making everything be a part of real cities, I think in yeah. the, in the end is super brilliant. Yeah, because yeah. DC stuck having to use Metropolis, Gotham, and all that, but Marvel's been able to use like New York City right. and real places, which I think kind of ground it a little bit more, make it easier to relate to. No, definitely th- relate more relatable characters. I think in um. If I remember right, Frank Miller said when he was drawing Daredevil that he lived in New York City and he uh, he had modeled those buildings off of like the buildings in Hell's Kitchen, like the tops of those buildings where mm. Daredevil would be on the mm. the roof and the yeah. they'd have the water towers with the you know the big uh, wooden water you know that was based off of like what it actually looked like in in Hell's Kitchen at the time. Yeah, Mike, do you have any? You know, I don't have any personal stories where I met him. Um, he he has always affected my life, obviously in, in ways and. One thing I will say that now, anytime I see him speak, you know, recent interviews before he died, or maybe even the MCU cameos, if I go back and watch something now, I just, I just tear up a little bit. Mm. You know, it just, he means a lot to me. And one thing I think is so cool is that he got to see the MCU come to fruition before he died, yep. and, and really see his creations as well as they've been represented mm. uh, to to millions of people. You know, because always we've always known Stanley and how important he is, but to really yeah. see his creations reach these millions of people and touch them like they touched us when we were growing up. I'm, I'm really glad that he got to see that. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like when you have that, that artist, that's kind of like the indie artist that's underground for 20 years and you and your friends know about them, but nobody else knows about them. And then they're at the end of their career. Like they hit big. Yep. And you know, they get the big payday, they get the accolades, they get their flowers. Um, so it was great that that's all that happened for Stan, like you said, before he passed and, because there was a period there where, yeah, it's, he didn't have the 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 name recognition, and um, but yeah, yeah, it was fantastic yeah. that uh, there at the end it all came together for him. He just always seemed to have such a good soul, and it just it just came through mm-hmm. in the way he spoke. Hi, heroes! This is Stan Lee coming at you. Want you to know, Marvel has always been and always will be a reflection of the world right outside our window. That world may change and evolve, but the one thing that will never change is the way we tell our stories of heroism. Those stories have room for everyone, regardless of their race, gender, religion, or color of their skin. The only things we don't have room for are hatred, intolerance, and bigotry. That man next to you, he's your brother. That woman over there, she's your sister. And that kid walking by, hey, who knows? He may have the proportionate strength of a spider. We're all part of one big family, the human family, and we all come together in the body of Marvel. And you, you're part of that family. You're part of the Marvel universe that moves ever upward and onward to greater glory. In other words, Excelsior. It's great to have been living in the time of a true legend, a yeah. true icon. Yeah. 
Alrighty. Well, this is like a depressing. <laughs> it, it became more depressing Every than time. I expected. Heavy yeah. segment. Yeah. Heavy. We're feeling the heaviness in 2023. Huh. But you know what? Let's take a look back at uh, 2022. Why don't we? I think not this, the sad stuff at 2022. No, no, the yes. best stuff. Okay. The best Shh. stuff. We're talking about positive stuff. Here. Everybody likes to do lists around this time of year. So yes. you guys said, you know what? You want to do some lists, and we all said, yes, we want to yes. do some lists. And originally we were going to do a top four, and the we were going to do this cool four. Fantastic Four, right. Mount Rushmore type thing. Yes. And then we decided. Let's do a top three, and that made it even harder for us because I, I tossed and turned over these lists. It's hard to narrow it down to just three, mm. but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think for for brevity's sake to keep it short. I agree. It just lets us know just how wonderful a year, especially television and comics. Yes, uh, I think we're in a true golden age again for comic books and TV. I, w- I would say yes, everything except for movies. Yeah. Movies been a little wonky the last few years. Yeah. Uh, um, I think you have like a, a gripe about movies, right? Because we're gonna start with movies. Three hours that, that is too long for uh-huh. movies. And now we're pushing like I saw Avatar two recently. We'll talk about that here a little bit later. But that that was pushing three ten, and that's just exhausting. And with so, the Batman, you know, I loved it, but oh my goodness, it was so long. It was almost three, wasn't it? I think it was right at three. Yeah. And like you said, not only that. But if it's a movie that you're not familiar with or something you're not familiar with, oh, right. you run the risk of, of now I've just wasted three hours. Yeah. And since the pandemic, things come to streaming services a lot mm, faster. Yes, yes. I like my TV. It looks as good as any movie theater that I go to. So going to a theater is a, a big ordeal for me. It's going to take a lot to motivate me, especially like you're saying, three months, I just wait and it's, it's going to be yeah. on there. Mm-hmm. And a three-hour movie is more digestible for me if I can watch it in chunks. Yes. Go to the bathroom and pause yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. If I can watch 45 minutes tonight... Finish it the next night or whatever. Works a lot better for me. That was one cool thing about the Snyder Cut. Is he had it broken down into the chapters as you watch it. He did. Yeah. yeah. But you almost had to. Yeah. But there's a, a RRR I really want to see. Mm. Um, I think it's a roar. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I know that's over three hours. Uh, Babylon I really want to see. But I know yeah. that's over three hours. Um, I've been hearing good things about Tar, Clay Blanchett's movie. Right. Another one over three hours. That's why I'm glad we're going to have our... Uh, movie resident expert Gary on in a couple of weeks for the Oscars. Oh, yes. cool. And I'm sure he's seen all these movies, so that'll be fun. Um, well, plus, you know, TV shows have gotten now to such a high quality yeah. that the best TV shows are as good, if not better, than movies. So, yep. you mm-hmm. know, if you're going to make a three-hour movie, just just make a TV series. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, the TV shows can be more immersive because uh, even if you have a three-hour movie, think about it. If you're doing, eight, even let's say, the short eight episodes of a 40-minute TV show, you know, that still puts you at close to uh, five hours. Yeah. You know, so you're, you're basically getting two movies there yeah. um, worth of material. So, And it's cut up like like you said, the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. You can watch it in chunks. It's episodic. Yeah. 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 So it kind of comes down, do you like to, to binge a movie or do you like to, uh, you know, break it into a segments? Or? Yeah. And I think it's one of the reasons why, like, a lot of these movies, Fableman's uh, Babylon, uh, have, you know, kind of failed at the box office right now, I think it's because a lot of people that like those kind of movies are watching them at home instead. Mm-hmm. And for movie theaters, they kind of push them out door quickly because if you have an hour and a half movie opposed to three hour movie, mm-hmm. you can play this hour and a half movie more times than you can the three hour movie. Oh yeah. You'll get six showings mm-hmm. uh, yeah. as opposed to four showings of a three hour movie. Yep. Um, but there is that. And you know, and also people's attention spans, I think are getting shorter. Yeah. So I think it's harder to hold somebody's attention, even with something that's a good movie. Um, yeah. I mean, I have ADHD, so mm-hmm. I probably miss like 
30% of the look it up Shipley's that you want me to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's your New Year's resolution for this year, right? You're getting the percentage down to 20%. As long as yours is to answer your texts on time. Oh, Oh, see? Yeah. yeah. It's going to turn into that already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Jerry, Jerry. (laughs) Um, But I guess we'll do, we'll start with our three and then two, then one. Uh, Yeah, sounds great. And since we're on the topic of movies, why not just roll with movies? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, my number three, and I'm worried it may be recent, recent biasy, recency bias, recency bias. Thank you. I was <laughs> going to look it up cause I wasn't sure. Um, but the glass onion, oh. uh, I it's seen the, it. uh, second in the knives out series, Ryan Johnson, who, even if you don't like his star Wars, you have to admit everything else he's done is great. I like the star Wars. Um, I think knives out is a little bit of a better movie, mm-hmm. but this one is super fun. Mm-hmm. Everybody comes to play. Um, How's uh, Daniel Craig? Daniel Craig does great, just like the first one. That accent is hysterical. Still doing the foghorn leghorn? He is. Yeah. Um, Ed Norton's great. Janelle Monroe is super good in this. Batista, oh, who right, yeah. might be the best wrestler turned actor. Mm. I, I like him better. Mm. Right now, maybe between him and John Cena. Hey. But I think Batista has been really smart with um, the projects he's picked. Okay. Fair. He's not doing... I mean, in this one, he's kind of playing like the big, dumb bodybuilder type person. Yeah. Um, but he plays it so well in this movie. Uh, but it's a fun mystery. But Knife's Out, a little bit better, but this one is fun. Uh, Mike, what is your number three? I am going to go with the previously mentioned Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Now, let me say that I've been slacking on movies in the year 2022. I think I've got <laughs> more movies I want to see than are on my top three list, of course. Uh, like Barbarian, I keep hearing a lot about. So good. A um, lot, lot of things out there I want to check out. Um, everywhere, everything all at once I'm looking forward to. But of the movies I have seen, we're going to go with Avatar 2 just for the sheer cinema spectacle of it. Like I was saying earlier, it's hard to get me to go to a theater. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of movie that you want to go to the theater for. I mean, okay. you, you need to see it in the 3D because it's so incredible. It's light years above the first one, which already was phenomenal. Uh, fleshes out the story more with the characters, but it is exhausting. Huh. There's more 3D. It's longer. I, I was really worn out by the end of the movie, but I do recommend seeing it just for that rare spectacle of that Hollywood blockbuster true feel that I think a lot of movies have gotten away from. I hear that a lot about Top Gun Maverick, which I also haven't seen, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Way of Water. Check it out. If you like the first Avatar, if you're a little curious, it, it's better pretty much in every way. You get some of the cool James Cameron mechs and machines again, which I, I typically forget about, but he, he always has cool sci-fi yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. built in, like, yes. almost in the background. It's so cool, but you almost don't even notice it. He just works it in so naturally. But uh, yeah, Avatar 2, Way of Water, my number three. Nice. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to, uh, speaking of long movies, I'm going to start with... Uh, <laughs> With Matt Reeves' Batman. Oh, uh, yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and you know, and there's several I could have chosen from for for comic movies this year. Yeah. But for one, I think this is the one that I wanted to succeed the most, to see succeed the most, um, only because I wanted to see DC have a, a financial and a critical success in the movies. Uh, they seemed like they'd been behind uh, Marvel for the last few years. Uh, two, I, I wanted to see a, a good reboot with uh, Robert Pattinson. Um, mm-hmm. I was kind of interested to see how he would do with like the character, and you know, there was always the blowback. I remember when they cast Heath Ledger as Joker, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. kind of the pretty boy, and you know, he's not really an actor. And I questioned it. So yeah, yeah I think most people did, and yeah. um, and so I thought maybe Pattinson would would have the same uh, the same pushback where he could show people that you know he's a legit actor, and yeah, and. Um, you know, and then the rest of the casting, you know, Jeffrey Wright, I thought was 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 great as Gordon, and 
Um, I, I liked Andy Circus, and it was, it was hard to beat Michael Caine's uh, Alfred. But yeah. it, you know, yeah. Andy Circus as a young Alfred, I think has, has potential and Kravitz's possi- daughter possibility. Yeah, she uh, I thought was was good. Uh, even though I thought that was there wasn't, I didn't feel the romantic chemistry. No, there wasn't her, no chemistry um, as much. That was yeah. probably my, one of my the drawbacks of the film. Yep. But I thought if you're looking to to introduce a new generation of, of viewers to the Batman mythos and to kind of get them into the ground floor of the Batman franchise. This is as good a start as any. Do you remember after we saw it, we were outside talking, and our friend Scott was floored that that was Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Yeah, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and I could see that if you if you didn't know beforehand, if you mm-hmm. hadn't read IMDb or review, yeah, um, he was unrecognizable. Yeah, it was crazy, and not only uh, just visually, but the accent. You know, usually Colin Farrell sometimes you can pick up the brogue a little bit. Yep. Uh, but no, he it sounded uh, it sounded Jersey Penguin. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited to see the uh, HBO Max series. I can't wait. Yeah, which yeah. is still in development. HBO, they haven't cut that one yet. Yes, yes, uh, please, HBO. Yeah, Come yeah we, need, we need more of that. I think it's going to actually be taking place after the Batman 2, which is even more interesting. Yeah, yeah, so maybe there's going to be some stuff in Batman 2. Yeah, very cool. Um, my number two is Prey. Nice, oh, yeah. P-R-E-Y, not P-R-A-Y. <laughs> um, it's the uh, new Predator movie. I think it does something like the Terminators and Aliens movies have not done well in the past few is they it doesn't rely all on nostalgia. It's telling its own story. Right. And I remember when the, before the movie first came out, and it's like, okay, they're going to be fighting Native Americans. And I was like, how's that going to Native Americans with the spears and the Predator with all his technology? Mm-hmm. But they make it work. Um, another cool thing is on Hulu... You can watch uh, a version that's in command command what uh, Comanche language. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that's um, cool. But it's fantastic. Um, also, if you're a dog lover, there's a cool dog in it. Yeah, well, always. A, yeah, always a plus. Yeah. But I mean, I that, think, that, speaking of that dog, it makes the main character instantly more likable. Even though you yeah. know she's a Comanche, it's a very long time ago. You could have trouble, you know, warming up to a character like that instantly. Dog owner, boom, right there. Yeah. Mm. Oh, exactly. Yes. Um, and also, the, supposedly the dog. Uh, was a rescue dog that was not trained. So when it did actually what I was supposed to do during the making of the movie, they all freaked out and cheered. Um, (laughs) But it's on Hulu. Uh, It went straight to Hulu. I think it could have done well in the theater. Mm -hmm. Uh, But pray. Yeah. Very nice. Actually, that was on my slightly larger list before we had to cut it down to the three. But it it was. I I really love pray, too. Um, We've already talked about it a little bit, but my number two is absolutely the Batman. I, mm. you know, I liked way more about it than I didn't like about it. Yep. Uh, I, I want to give a shout out to the score. That musical score oh, yeah. is something you don't hear a lot of people mention, but it is really powerful. I think it, it fits it very well. Uh, the cinematography where mm-hmm. everything is dark, but you can still see it. Yep. Um, the, just, sound the sound when the Batmobile oh, yeah. first starts oh, up. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Those yeah. noises. Uh. And when he's punching people, everything is just so yep. visceral. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely loved it. I, I even liked the Bruce Wayne a little bit. I, I like the idea of him being a younger Bruce Wayne, still trying to figure out who he is. Mm. Uh, and I, th- I think through these movies, he'll if if they continue, he'll we'll probably see him grow to be more of a Bruce Wayne esque character that we know. But uh, absolutely loved it, definitely. And they finally focused on the detective part. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And I love how when you see him in scenes, he's always observing and looking around and you can see his, his gears turning in his mind. He's just not moping around. He's yep. paying attention to everything. So it's yep. really nice. Agreed. Bill. So for number two, um, I kind of have a tie. Okay. Between That's two, fine. Between two That's movies. fine. We went down to the top three. Cause, cause we had to go down to top three from yeah, four. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I'm gonna go with uh with Nope. Okay. The, uh, yeah. the, the Jordan Peele movie. Yeah. And with uh Top Gun Maverick. Okay, Ooh, nice, good wow. picks. Yeah. Um, and two completely different types of movies. Yeah. Um, obviously Top Gun Maverick's a sequel. Uh, you don't have to have seen the first one. You can kind of piece it together. It's not yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but if you have seen the first one, the payoffs a lot better, I think. Obviously, the Val Kilmer stuff. The especially. Val Kilmer stuff yep. is strong, and the stuff with uh, Rooster and and yep. Goose, and um, but uh, you have some fantastic uh, Tom Cruise. And I tell you, say what you want about Tom Cruise, and yeah. I, you know, and, and we can all kind of have yeah. have our own Tom Cruise stories. The man, as an actor, absolutely brings it to every project he's on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if he's doing a Mission Impossible movie, a Top Gun movie, um, even when he was doing uh, uh, what was the um, Robert Downey Jr. comic, Tropic Thunder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Tropic, he brings it. He brings it. He brings and, it. And, and, and so yeah. I, it, it's it's he's he's phenomenal. And uh, speaking of him, I don't mm-hmm. mean to interrupt, but at yeah. the beginning of Avatar, they show you a preview clip of the new Mission Impossible, and it oh. shows him doing his own stunt where yeah. he's on top of a mountain, rides yes. down a ramp, yeah. rides the motorcycle off the ramp, parachutes out. Of, oh, it's crazy! I yeah. would hate to what be a in a maniac. movie with, with Tom Cruise though, because yeah. you can't do the stunt double. Because he's going to show you up and make you look like a <laughs> yeah. like a clown if you don't agree to walk on the side of a giant tower in Dubai. You have to uh, you have to match Tom. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so it's 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 got to be difficult. But um, both those movies are and then yeah. with with Nope, it's 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 great because it has kind of a um it has a weird kind of throwback to old Hollywood, mm-hmm. uh, both in the storyline and in the feel of the movie. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's a whole bunch of effects that aren't practical effects. Which is cool. Which is cool. Yep. Um, you have, uh, there was a couple actors, and I, I wasn't familiar. I think the um, the woman's name was um, Kiki Palmer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, She's got a big future. And she has a huge future yeah. ahead of oh, her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't familiar with her before this movie, but yep. I definitely am after yeah, and um, the um, uh, main actor who uh, has been blowing up recently. Uh, what was it? Look it up, Shipley. Come on, Shipley. 2023. Let's look it up. One <laughs> time. Look it up. One time. But it's on, it's a if if you haven't seen it, it's it's great. I, I won't spoil. There's a there's a nice twist. Um, uh, kind of in the movie, it has kind of a almost like a Twilight Zone feel to it. The way that it's, yeah. it's uh, it plays out kind of a little bit slow, like a slow burn. But yeah, it's 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 a high high recommendation. Cool, yeah. Uh, and I'll say one thing about the Tom, uh, Maverick. What's cool about it is it's kind of dealing with him aging, growing older. Mm-hmm. And Tom Cruise, this is the first movie I've seen where he's looking like he is finally aging. He is, He however, still doesn't look 60. He's That man is 60 years old. He doesn't dude. look 60. He doesn't look 60. But he looks like he's finally aging. He is. He looks a little bit, he looks like maybe he's a few years past risky business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, and my number one with a bullet is... Everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm, really want to see it. Um, it is an amazing film. I'm still stunned with what they were able to do mm-hmm. uh, with the film. Michelle Yeoh is incredible in it. Um, the last 20 minutes, I was weeping. Uh, and it, and, it, and it, it goes like so many places with the tone. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like with the way it's balancing everything. But it never drops the plates. Hmm. It's amazing. And I'm so thankful. Uh, the actor that played in uh, Temple of Doom yeah. and in Goonies, this is his first film in like 30, 30 years. years. Wow. Yeah. And it's also great, too, because you could tell how grateful the actor is. Because huh. he's been winning awards left and right, right for this uh, performance. And I think he's actually going to be in, um, 
I think the next season of Stranger Things. Oh wow! He's in something big that's coming up next year. Yeah. Uh, but it's a phenomenal movie. It's uh, right now on Showtime. If you haven't seen it yet, mm-hmm. um, I say do yourself a favor and watch it. It looked Good like movie. It looked like he was having a blast the whole. Oh, movie. so so I think they yeah. all were. Yeah. yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, yes. Hot dog fingers. It's yes. just a great movie, <laughs> and it's also got the best Ratatouille references. It's incredible. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's uh, I'll I'll say more on it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Mike. Not to retread old ground, but uh, I'm going to roll with Bill here, and I'm going to go with Nope as my number one. Actually, oh, the one awesome. Yeah, okay, it's uh, subject matter is very near and dear to my heart. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to be mildly spoiler away with it. Nothing really. I don't think anybody saw. You know, they didn't see in the trailers, but it's it's definitely got a UFO background to it. Yep. But they do some really interesting, cool ideas with it that I didn't see coming at all. Like, mm. I knew from the trailers, well, there's probably some UFOs involved here. But uh, they do some really creative, cool stuff. Yep. And I just think the creativity just is, is just apparent in the movie. You can tell everyone's into it. Everyone's giving it their all. It's just got this atmosphere, this eeriness to it, attention that you don't really feel a lot in movies uh, these days. And it was really, really cool. All the all the actors did phenomenal. Yeah. It, I will say maybe it's a little gratuitous in some parts. I'm not really sure I was feeling the monkey sub story. Um, oh, that was terrifying. It was terrifying, <laughs> absolutely. That whole scene was so terrifying. It was. It was yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot going on there. there. And the movie really stuck with me a lot. I, I'm yep. still thinking about it now, I, certain ideas and aspects of it. Um, it. It was beautiful to look at, some of those uh, scenes out in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Just, it was just mm. breathtaking to see the scope of it all. Yep. Um, and the, the creature design, really, really cool and really unique. I, I, that's not something I can go into, but, uh, you know, really, really neat ideas, interesting ideas with the, with the way it ended yep. up. Peel is three for three. I think so, yeah. And Bill, what was your number one? So, not to, uh, not to copy Ron's homework, but <laughs> I'm going to have to go with everything, everywhere, all at once. I knew uh, when you said, look it up, look this movie up, Shipley, that something was going on. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, I, it was, and I'll tell you, it was, it was Almost everything that I wish Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness mm. was. Yeah, uh, I've heard that. I, I would have liked to have seen more experimenting with the different versions of Doctor Strange. Yep. And this with Michelle Yeoh, she absolutely, Ryan, you're right, she absolutely kills it. She yeah. gets to have so much fun. She gets to do so many different characters, um, so many different personality types. Um, it's a great showcase for her, finally, which she's been a phenomenal actress for, yeah. how, I mean, for years. Yeah. And, um, like you said, Jamie Lee Curtis is good in it, and uh, the kid from that was short round. Yeah, uh, back again. And the actress that plays the daughter. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now I wasn't familiar with her, but she does a, a great job too. And then the similar story, she gets to do so many different characters. Yeah, uh, and, and she's it's they're all having a blast, and the story there's it's a deep story. There's there's more to it than just a bunch of costume uh, changes and set designs. Yep. There's actually a story behind it, and powerful um, story. A powerful story, yes. Uh, and like I said, it, it kind of it, it's a shame it came out the same year as, as Multiverse of Madness because uh, mm, yeah. I think without it, Multiverse of Madness would have looked a little bit better. But yeah. just seeing them so close together, it kind of just made me wish that Doctor Strange had done a, a little bit more experimentation. Yeah, which is weird to say for a Sam Raimi movie, but yeah, I think yeah, you're right. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's a Raimi movie constrained inside the Disney sandbox. Yep. But yeah, uh, perfect movie. But yeah, it was feels great. Well, I think that will do it for the movies then. That is our cinema experience of 2022. Why don't we move on to, uh, what do you say about television shows? That seems like the closest relative to the movies. Yep. And once again, a golden age of television. Mm. 
I started with the list of 14. Wow. Um, if you wow. listen to my other podcast, by the way, Not Safe for Work, or probably Humanity, <laughs> uh, BRBAFK, uh, like I said again, Not Safe for Work, but, uh, but I have a bigger list there. My number three, House of the Dragon. I think a few years ago there were some people, quote-unquote experts, that said after the last season of Game of Thrones that uh, the, the the love for Game of Thrones was gone and House of the Dragon was going to be a failure. That's what, I mean, I was on that camp. I yeah. adored Game of Thrones, and I'm, I'm of that camp that they just drowned that in the last two seasons. Yeah. They, they killed it. I've never seen something be so popular yep. in pop culture medium to everyone was watching, and then yep. that energy and then just, just was gone. Maybe, um, maybe lost. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe yep. lost. So much hate lost. for the last season of Lost. Yeah. Um, but what I think strong about House of Dragon the story's already complete. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's oh, no worry about point. that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to be four four seasons. The first season is pretty much set up mm-hmm. for what's to come. Uh, but it's not like negative saying set up because it's still amazing. Um, the only problem with the first season, I say, is like it does jump over a lot of years. It does. So you do lose some actors playing younger versions of characters. Mm-hmm. Um but Matt Smith is amazing mm, in this. Awesome. Just uh, awesome. The man that plays the king and both of the... Patty uh, Constantine. And both the actresses uh. that play the uh, princess mm-hmm. um, are fantastic. Um, it, it was just incredible. Um, it was. It was a hard sell for me at first. I mean, it's, yeah. a slow, it's a slow going, but I stuck with it. And by the end of it, I, I loved it. I'm, I can't wait for more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a... A 20-minute fight sequence in the third episode with Matt Smith that is just completely amazing. Uh, a lot more dragon play in this show because mm-hmm. there's like 10 or so dragons running around. Um, and the production quality is amazing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, Like you HBO's can tell there's money in each episode. Spending a lot. Yeah, every episode has at least one scene that I wish I had a van that I could airbrush it on the yes. side of it. Yes, Um have you seen it yet? No, no, no. But I haven't. Um, I have to watch Game of Thrones for. I won't watch this stuff out of order. So I, I, I get even, it. I haven't even seen Game of Thrones. So well, technically, if you were to watch oh, House yeah. of the Dragon first, it does come. It is a prequel. It's a prequel. hundred and seventies years before Daenerys. Sounds about right. Yeah. Huh. So okay. I wonder when, if, if when it's done, if uh, if that'll be the watching order. If you're better off watching it in that order, hmm, maybe as opposed to. Hmm. I think so. The release order. Because I know, um, awful Joffrey mm-hmm. uh, does oh, spoil. God. The fate of the princess uh, in one of the episodes of Game of Thrones. So there Ooh. are easily defined spoilers out there. So be careful. Okay. Uh, what is your number three? My number three is actually a tie. Uh, okay. I'm really loving my new Sunday night anime night. I'm looking forward to Gundam, The Witch from Mercury, and Chainsaw Man. Pretty much equally on both. I, I love them. They're inspired. Very, very high quality. It just reminds me back of my, my favorite back in the old school days of watching anime. It just kind of reignites that passion for me. And um, just such high quality. They're so entertaining. They're balanced with levity and seriousness. Uh, you can find Chainsaw Man on Hulu. I watch them personally both on Crunchyroll myself. But uh, just <laughs> phenomenal shows. Just like I said, it just gives me that old school anime feel. I love it. Nice. Yeah. All right. So for number three, <laughs> I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm gonna go with Netflix's uh, Sandman. Oh, yeah. Right. Good um, yep. You know, it's one of those things that was, mm-hmm. it had been long rumored to be adapted to a TV show, yeah. and fans of the books had been uh, had been waiting for a long time, but but nervously because yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a difficult adaptation. Uh, it's like that dive that you know the the diff- degree of difficulty is like a five point five. And, mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, however, I will say it looks like they pulled off the dive because yeah. um, it's been renewed for a second season. 
the casting, uh, you couldn't ask for a better. No, um, phenomenal. Tom Sturridge is, uh, as Morpheus uh, yeah. is fantastic. The young lady they got for death, um, super good, is is incredible. The guy that plays Hobbs, uh, Hobbs is good. Which is Ben Kingsley's grandson, or oh wow, is he related? To ben, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sir Ben Kingsley. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I forgot it. <laughs> and um, oh, what's his name? The um, the comedian that does um, oh Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt yep. is, is is great. Yep. And uh, so it's one of those things. If 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 you've ever been a fan of the the printed material, if you're a Neil Gaiman fan, yep. um, you don't have to worry about uh, it's it's pretty faithful to the book. There's a few things they leave out and a few things they change. Yep. Um, the well, they had to. In the, Corin- yeah, yeah, yeah. the Corinthian plays a much larger role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. They had to for to make the adaptation yep. work. Uh, so and this is a perfect time to get in on the ground floor because you're only one season in and with a second season coming up. So. Uh, it looks promising. Yep, I cannot wait. Yeah. Um. So my number two, mm-hmm. I imagine maybe on your list too. Uh, my number two is Apple's Severance. Oh wow. Um, I usually don't like weird weird shows, and this one is a little weird. Uh, but it's so well done. Um, the cast is amazing. It's got such a cool concept, mm-hmm. and I'm glad it's on Apple because I do think there are some streaming services that are probably have canceled it. Right. Um, but Apple is super loyal to their shows. Um, that last episode of season one, uh, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Yeah. Um, it was stressful. Yeah. Uh, but if you're looking for something that's a bit of sci-fi, um, but kind of more grounded sci-fi, mm-hmm. uh, Severance is worth your time. In the last episode, it it plays in real time too, doesn't it? Almost real time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's cool. Yeah. I expect to see that 24 clock at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland running yeah. across. Mike. Well, for me, I'm going to go with something I'm surprised I don't see on more people's list this year. I guess it came out quite a while back, and maybe people just aren't considering it. Maybe maybe I just love it more than the other people, but <laughs> I'm going with Peacemaker. Oh, Peacemaker yeah. was awesome. For me, it was that perfect example of James Gunn where he marries violence and a little bit of crassness with just heart and soul. You care about the characters. You laugh. You cry. It's the whole gamut of emotions. You're, you're Somehow, you're like, this guy's a scumbag. How am I rooting for this mm-hmm. person? Um, he just took a character that, you know, no one cared about. D-minus D level character. Yep. And by the end of it, just character growth. Peacemaker, this guy that he presents as a total buffoon. Character growth even for him. Uh, everyone you could tell was having so much fun from the intro dance all the way to just acting in the show all the way through it. Uh, just high quality passion project for James Gunn probably to really take a character like that and, and demonstrate that way. So um, absolutely loved it. Vigilante was amazing. Vigilante yes. was amazing. Because if he can take a character like Peacemaker and generate interest, uh, you know, hopefully he can do uh, likewise for some of the movie franchise characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, so fingers crossed for a number two yeah. for me. <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, so you're right, Shipley, once again, uh, yes. Severance was my number two. Okay. Uh, and I can't remember, did I recommend that show to you? Did you recommend that to me? I don't remember now. I can't recall. I know you finished the show way before I, I did. I think I so. did finish. But yeah. how, however, you're right. It's a, it's a stunning show and I, I it's, it's high concept, but it's yeah. not so high concept that it turns you off. It turns you off. That yeah, it's yeah, difficult. Yeah. That you feel like, oh, I gotta do some homework. I gotta yeah. read up on antimatter or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. none of that. It's 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 uh, it's well done. It's explained well. The characters, you have, um, I mean, John Turturro, yeah. Christopher Walken, yeah. awesome. Adam Scott, Patricia Arquette, Patricia Arquette. Wow. Yeah, um, I mean, it's just a, it's a murder's row. It, it is, and and the crazy thing is, out of all those actors, my favorite ones 
uh, are the lesser ones, the ones that plays uh, hey, hey, Hallie. No, I like I, I like uh, is it Warchak or the 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 African American office manager? Let me look up his. Uh, he's from Knoxville, I think. Is he really? Yes. Oh wow. Yes. Oh, that's and, awesome. Uh, and um, him and why can't we get him on the podcast? <laughs> we need. Uh, and then uh, there was the um, the gentleman who um, who gets to see his son for a second. They they burst into. Yep. Uh, uh, Tramil Tillman uh, plays uh, the head of their uh, the 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 guy that yeah like you're talking That's about the office Knoxville. manager. And then uh, Zach Cherry yes is plays Dylan the one you're talking about. And yeah. so even the guys that they don't get lost in the shuffle yeah. against uh, guys like Christopher Walken and John Turturro like they hold their own. Yep. And um, and like nice. I said, the concept's brilliant. Uh, one season in, and it, it leaves you on a cliffhanger. Such uh, a cliffhanger. Such a cliffhanger. But um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, Adam Scott Severance on Apple TV. Yep. I just signed up uh, alongside Jamie for a free Apple trial to watch Spirited as a Christmas movie. Uh, so okay. having that access, I'm definitely going to check this out. You guys have sold me. Severance is yeah. awesome. You're going to love it. Uh, and my number one oh. Uh, oh. was a prequel show. Usually, I don't really care for prequels because there's not a lot of suspense that could be made on a prequel. Fair. Uh, Better Call Saul. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing. And this is the second show in a row uh, that Peter Gould and uh, Vince Gilligan have nailed the ending to. Uh, the last run of episodes was incredible. Mm-hmm. There was one episode, I think seven or eight, which has a death that I don't see coming. And um, I know this is going to be the last year it's going to be quali- qualified for like the Emmys and Golden Globes, but and if Rhea Seahorn does not finally win for Best Supporting Actress, it's unreal. There's a scene, and I think the 11th episode, where she's on a bus, and the camera is just basically on her face, and the range of emotions that she shows in that scene with no words mm-hmm. is just incredible. Uh, but yeah, it, it's fantastic, and it surprises me that they nailed the ending. And they also bring Carol Burnett in oh, for yeah. the final like three or four episodes, and she's delightful. Yeah, uh, no, it's, it's Carol Burnett's always uh, always been funny. But you get some great high stuff. Uh, it's just a perfect ending to that series. So if you've never watched Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, watch Breaking Bad first before you watch Better Call. Better Call is a prequel, but it does dive into a lot of like the current stuff too. And it's difficult to end a series correctly, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's very rare. As opposed to a season mm-hmm. finale, like season finales, I think are a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to to actually put a big bow on everything and wrap it all up. Yeah, uh, it stands right up there with me with the the shield, not the Marvel the shield, but the uh, <laughs> the one with uh, Vince Mackey, yes. because in the final episode, the the main character gets what he deserves and what he wants. Um, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say Marvel Shield is their favorite show, <laughs> so. There's got to be somebody out there probably listening somebody. to this podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Probably Sorry. swerving off the road right now. Uh, Mike, what is number one on your list? That, that You know, that was a tough choice for me. Like you said, there's so many good shows. God, I really wanted to put Andor on this list. I wanted to put What We Do in the Shadows on this list. I, mm-hmm. I wanted to put The Boys on this list. I mean, there's so much good stuff. But ultimately, for me, what I personally enjoyed the most, and I know this is going to piss somebody off somewhere on the internet, but I'm going to go with Rings of Power. Okay. I, I just really yeah. loved it. I love the feel of it. I love the vibe. There's so many things these days that are grim dark. Uh, yeah. And this just still had to have a little bit of that joy and magic to it, that traditional fantasy feel with the Harfoots, with the stranger, the mystery there. Um, I, I thought the acting was great. Um, I know there's plenty of people that disagree with all sorts of stuff about the show. Apparently it was controversial to like it, but I thought it was marvelous. They're dealing with a lot of era that has not been ironed out completely in that uh, in that franchise. So I, yeah. you know, they've got a little room to work with there. I'm not going to complain about it. Uh, 
I just thought it was majestic. It just had that classic fantasy feel that is hard to really nail and not seem corny and cheesy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just tricky to really nail that heartfelt feeling. And uh, I I just loved it. It was great. A lot of amazing world building, costuming, uh, visuals. I loved it. Cool. I agree. I thought it was great, too. Um, For number one for me, and I had a hard time with this decision. Uh, and I, for one, I, I tell you, I don't watch a lot of television, not as much as I used to. Yeah. Uh, only because it's so episodic, and yep. I'm a, I'm one of these people I have to start watching at the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so whereas before TV in the 70s and 80s was <laughs> almost like individually contained episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I'm, mm-hmm. you know, in episode 18, they just went to a city. They helped some waitress at the city. Yep. They were chased. They were chased by the military. They, they ran. tricked VA to get on the hel- they, airplane. They got VA to drink some poison milk. Yeah. And knocked them out. <laughs> And, but you you didn't if you miss an episode you didn't feel like you were yeah 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 TV today is much more complex and I'm yep. grateful for that yeah however it forces my hand and it makes me watch stuff in order uh-huh. so this year you know it wasn't really amenable to that as much so I have two choices for my number one okay and uh, number one is um, for this year I'd say the Righteous Gemstones and I can't remember yeah I think it's season two yep. And um, love it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, this season had Eric Roberts as a guest star. Uh, he's great. Walton Goggins um, is Walt, amazing. Baby Billy, uh, Walt Goggins. <laughs> uh, and I tell you, there's very few. I, I can't recall off the top of my head anything Walt Goggins has been in that I didn't like him in. The Shield. Um, he's yeah, yeah. He's he's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, for this year, I'd say The Righteous Gemstones, um, HBO. Yep. Uh, season two. Um, you have Danny McBride, uh, you have John Goodman, Eric Roberts is phenomenal. The kid from Workaholics. The kid from Workaholics. Yeah, is, everybody's is, just into it. They're acting. Yep. You can tell it's inspired. They're just having a blast. I can't remember who the sister is, but she is so, so good. So good. She, she, There's she, no bad characters. She steals mm-hmm. almost every scene in the movie or in the TV show. Yep. It's if, if you haven't seen it, uh, there's two seasons so far. It's the story of a kind of almost like this, um, Oh, Billy Graham style family, kind of a religious uh, um, grifter type family. Yep. Uh, but it, it's more about the inner dynamics, the personal dynamics within the within the family. So good. But if you do like that kind of um, uncomfortable type humor, you know, the office type stuff, yep. it's it's great for that. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, and then probably the thing I enjoyed, and this could be controversial, the thing I enjoyed watching the most. Yep. The thing I'll probably remember the most out of this year on television mm-hmm. was the. Um, the Tennessee Alabama game on, oh, Oct- on October fifteenth. Okay. All right, when uh, Tennessee comes back, wins fifty-two to forty-nine on a last-second field goal. Yep, uh, and uh, it's just um, you know if I've been waiting fifteen years, I think, for Tennessee to beat yep. Alabama. So and you were deep in enemy territory. I when was. It we were in uh, almost in Gulf Shores, Alabama, yep. and so uh, surrounded by Alabama fans. Yep, uh, I was in the thick of it, but um. When it's all said and done, and the history books are written uh, for 2022, uh, we get a W. Uh, I get a memory, and um, it's, it was a great it was a great day for the city of Knoxville. It meant a lot to a lot of people. A yeah. lot of people. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. was probably the thing I enjoyed watching most on TV. In so I guess uh, if the Cowboys somehow win the Super Bowl this year, we can know what your number one show next year will be. Uh, that's it's possible. I yeah. mean, it's uh, you know, yeah. we'll see. Okay. I don't, I don't want to jinx anything, Ryan. Okay, let's not jinx it. Let's not jinx it. All right, now we're at the home stretch. Uh, comic books. We are. And I decided to cheat with uh, my third. There's a tie. Mm. Uh, Dark Storm, Wildfire. Okay. Uh, yeah. Scott Snyder's Scott Snyder book. Yep, IDW. It's uh, about a group of prisoners that help 
on the front line of, of giant fires in like uh, the mountains who one of them has inside information that there is a house that has like uh, a stash of money, like a lot of money, and they plan a heist in the middle of this fire. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't really care for Scott Snyder a lot recently. Yeah, you um, know me neither. But yeah. this is really good. Um, it's completed now. I'd imagine there's going to be a trade coming up early next year. Uh, so if you can't get the single issues, Bill could definitely order the trade for you. Um, super good. And he's going to do a second series next year he's already announced. That's based on Dark Spaces? Yeah, dark. Yeah, dark spaces. The wildfire. Okay. Sorry. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. I should have looked it up. Yeah. Uh, well, it kind of reminds me a little bit. You ever see that movie, uh, Three Kings? Yes. Where there's the during the Iraqi war, yep. but they're playing this heist. But they, there's they found a yeah. story about the oldest gold and yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of like that, and it does really good job with like how each. So he sets the beginning. He tells you there's five stages of fire, mm-hmm. and then each issue is thematic with one of those stages of the fire. Um, really well done. Yeah, yeah. And my other one is the Riddler One Bad Day. Oh, uh, the one shot. Yeah. I thought it's very comparable uh, to The Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it fits in a continuity, and that's the thing that's frustrated me a little bit with these One Bad uh, yeah. Day books. But I can say they've so far, the majority of them have been worth the $7.99 price. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, the Riddler one. It's fantastic, and they show why the Riddler, when done right, mm-hmm. is a really good, truly terrifying uh, villain. Yeah, a lot of people still have that 1960s version of the Riddler stuck in their head, where yeah, it's like the yeah. Frank Gorshin, you know, with the all the question marks and the suit. And the, yeah. But yeah, I think the Paul Dano version is yeah. a much, uh, much creepier, uh, more updated kind of version of the Riddler. Yeah, it's uh, more unique too. You know, back in the day, he always just felt like um, I don't know, say a ripoff, but a lesser yeah, yeah, Joker, yeah. Yep. just a lesser Joker. And mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of people are saying that new book that's going on right now that Paul Dano is writing himself, the Riddler mm-hmm. book, is actually really well done. Yeah, it's a I think Riddler Year One. Yeah, it, it kind of picks up with um, almost like how Batman Year One. It's like Riddler's first year yep. on the job, and um, he's kind of learning too as he goes along. Yeah, it's very yeah. cool. Uh, Mike. I'm going to just keep this train rolling and go with um, One Bad Day Riddler. Uh, it just it just stuck with me. It was a very powerful story. Yep. It's kind of got in my head. It felt, again, uh, the word visceral comes up. Um, the art was phenomenal. It had that kind of old school Batman feel of art, but updated with some modern coloring, which is fantastic. It just is a great example of uh, the writer and the artist clicking together yep. and getting this vision down. And it's, it's unsettling. It is unsettling, and there's some cool ideas in it. And alongside the continuity thing, one thing I do enjoy with the good Batman story occasionally I'm, I'm a pretty big hound on continuity myself, but I, sometimes I just like a good story that just doesn't need to be in a continuity. It, it can just read as its own little thing. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. There's a gray area, but it, yeah. it was satisfying regardless. And I'm going to do a little tie myself. I'm going to cheat something in with a little technicality. Nice. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with The Last Ronin um, because technically the fifth issue came out this year. Yeah. It took him, uh, what, two years two almost years. to get this whole yeah. saga out, which is yeah. a bit obscene for five issues. But yeah. uh, I, I just loved it. I'm a huge Turtles fan, and I think there's really cool ideas here. It felt like a great bookend. It felt inspired, and uh, it was it just it was pretty much perfect in any way. I don't I don't know what else I would have wanted from like a last turtle story, but uh, and, and and seeing Eastman get back into it, uh, it, it was just great stuff. I loved it. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I also have a tie number three. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> we should have just went with fours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, 
So at number three, I have two uh, two graphic novels. Okay. Ooh. So right. I have um, Alex Ross's Fantastic Four Full Circle. Okay. Uh, which was a cool um, graphic novel kind of done um, in the Kirby style. Oh, cool. Uh, it's, so it, it's Alex Ross's usual painting style. Yeah. But done, filtered like through a psychedelic lens. And it's a one-shot story, right? It's a one-shot story. It kind of picks up from FF51 with um, the Negative Zone and Annihilus. Oh, cool. Okay. But... Uh, but yeah, it's a, a great read, and if you're a fan, it's 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 almost like a, a sloppy love letter to, to huh. Kirby uh, Stanley Fantastic Four. That's nice. awesome. Um, and then the second graphic novel I'm going to pick, uh, it was the um, George Perez the reprint Justice mm. League um, Avengers. Yeah. Um, so if you if you not familiar, George passed away this year, mm-hmm. uh, and it was sad to lose him. So they went back and they did a benefit reprint. Uh, they collected the four issues of uh, Justice League Avengers. That came out right around the, the turn of the century. Yeah. I like saying that. So um, so old. So old. Yeah. But uh, it uh, it hadn't been collected, uh, I think, uh, for years because it's both Marvel and DC together, and there'd been legal issues getting yep. it collected. So just seeing that collected and it going for a good cause, uh, it kind of warmed my heart. Cool. Yeah. I heard uh, Marvel somewhere in time in January, they're gonna do new uh, Prince of the Busick Perez Avengers. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. That was actually a really good run of Avengers. My number two is Jason Aaron's The Punisher. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Uh, it's been super good. I know there was a little bit of controversy at first because he does lose the skull, but there's a reason. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's a storyline, so we will get it back by the end. Uh, but what's been really brilliant about this book, the main story is fun, but every there's a backstory going along, too that shows actually starts Punisher's first kill when he's eight years old. It gets rid of this whole um, narrative that some people have brought up that he became the Punisher during the Vietnam War. Right, right. Um, they throw that aside, and they show also it from um, his wife's perspective when he comes back from war, mm-hmm. and he's at this point he can no longer hide his demons. Yeah. Um, it's been fantastic. Uh, all the stuff with... Uh, the God of War in it, mm-hmm. and the hand. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jason Aaron, I think, is one of the best Punisher writers in the last two decades, him so and, I'm glad that he's back. Him and Garth Ennis, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Right, uh, right. But I know the first uh, six are right now collected in a trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's up to issue eight now, and there are side Punisher War Journal stories, which I think are done by different writers. They are. Um, which are still pretty good, most of them. Uh but the Jason Aaron uh, main series has been he, absolutely uh, amazing. He excels at writing, especially individual character books. Yeah. So like his uh, his Thor was great. Yeah. His Wolverine story was great. His Punisher is good. Yep. Uh, the team books not quite like I, I went a huge mm. as big on his Avengers. Yeah. I'm um, a little convoluted maybe. Yeah. But, but his uh, Thor. Uh, but his Thor was yeah is, is one of the best yeah. runs of Thor I've ever read. Outstanding. But yeah. I would say for people that were nervous about. Where we go since he no longer has a skull and worried it was going to be Disney-fied. No. Take that out of your mind no, right away. Not at all. Uh, the first issue we'll show you right there. Yes. No, this is still the dark, brutal Frank, Frank Castle. Castle. Yeah. Yep. But also a very different direction for the character as well. Oh, this for is not, sure. you know, stuck in certain circles that no, no, might no. get in. This is a vastly new direction. Yeah, it's super good. This may be... I thought Matthew, Matthew Rosenberg had a really good Punisher run. I think the last run that actually before this one. Hmm. Um, but seeing Punisher, Punisher for me usually doesn't work in the super with superhero characters. Uh, but this has been a fun run, even with like some guest starring 
superheroes. Yeah. So good. Um, Mike? I almost put Immortal X-Men in the slot just because okay. it surprised me so much, but I ultimately went with something that Ryan turned me on to. I probably would have ignored it had you not actually mentioned this to me, okay. but uh, do a powerbomb. Mm. Man, oh, I love yeah. that book. Uh, I'm a big wrestling fan, and I've never really found a lot of success with pro wrestling comics. They just, yep. There's not one that's really jumped out to me until this. This is just awesome. You can tell cares about the subject matter. There's cool creative ideas in it. There's amazing synergy with the art and the writing. Yep. Um, this every page is a, just a delight, and it like I said, it feels inspired. It's surprising. Um, you can't predict where it's going. You cannot, and there's lots of authenticity for wrestling fans too. So you can tell this is a guy that really cares about comics and wrestling, and it's just a great match. Uh, and it's seven issues. It's a great little self-contained story, so you're not making a huge commitment, which I enjoy sometimes. Uh, do a powerbomb by Image Comics. Yep, uh, Daniel Warren Johnson, and just so you know, if you want to pre-order it. It is being released in paperback uh, March 7th. So yeah. probably March 1st, you. And the art, nice. the art is stellar. It is. It really so is. Very yeah, unique. Really it is. That was my number one. Oh, cool. nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So uh, my number two, and this is a pick for my, my buddy Anthony, uh, Department of Truth. Mm-hmm. He loves this book. It's uh-huh. great stuff. It really uh, is. Good. He's, uh, he's proselytizing to everybody that comes in the store about it. He's got pretty much every cover now. He's got, wow. Yeah he, yeah, he buys all the covers. Um. And he just raves about it. now. He's he's kind of a he's kind of a conspiracy guy. Yeah. But uh, you know we all kind of are in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a way. Yeah. And so you know the premise of the book is you have this this department and their job is to um, to keep uh, these conspiracies kind of under wraps. Uh, if if enough people believe in them, then this conspiracy is true. Yep. Um, so the it's kind of kind of got a cool premise that can kind of bounce between you know Bigfoot to the Great Pyramids to you know aliens to whatever the conspiracy your conspiracy theory is. Yep, there's a really cool explanation um, for all of that too. It's a really neat yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it is, and uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit. There was a book a while back called Planetary. Oh yeah, uh, and it, it kind of has that oh, vibe yeah. slightly to it. But yeah, yeah, he uh, he raves it about it. Uh, it's a huge seller here at the store. Um, so if you haven't had a chance. Uh, check out Department of Truth. Uh, James Such James Tinian. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The book. fourth. Huh. Yeah. He's fancy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my number one was to do a power bomb. So let's go to your number one. My number one for any regular listeners of the show should not come as a surprise is going to huh. be Nightwing. I adore it. I don't have a bad thing to say about it. Um, we are talking earlier about Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, having just like a great run of every episode. Uh, to me, every episode or issue rather of Nightwing yep. has been outstanding. Good Tom artwork. Taylor, uh, Bruno yeah. Radondo, um, just nailing out of the park. Another perfect example of synergy between writer and artist. It just uses heart and soul. Um, yeah. It's just a pleasure to read. It's just amazing. It's a perfect example of Dick Grayson and Barbara. Uh, you got Bitewing, the dog. I told Tom Taylor on Facebook that creating Bitewing has earned you a place in heaven. Oh, oh yes. I'll agree with that. <laughs> but you can't go wrong. Um, I'm sure they've got it collected now as uh, all series get collected in groups of six and whatnot as they yep. go. But um, I, I cannot recommend it enough. And you don't really need to know a lot about it. He's the first Robin. He's older. He's essentially, I, I like to think of him as kind of the Peter Parker of the DC universe and that he's gone yeah. through a bunch of trauma, but he still has that good heart and soul. And uh, it, it's just wonderful. I love everything about it. Yep. And uh, issue 100 hit stands in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Says here on um, Twitter, uh, Tom Taylor says, uh, "Bitewing dies in issue 103. Oh, you, yes. I, te- I will, I will turn this table over. A terrible car accident. No, oh, sorry, no. but uh, no, just, just kidding. Bitewing's safe. Okay, he does um, not bite it. Hey. <laughs> oh, so to to wrap it up, uh, number one. And it, it, this was a tough choice because there was a lot of great books this year, and uh. 
you know, you hate to think of saying number one means everybody else is a loser. So yeah, you kind of, you kind of. It was a gold. It was a great year for it comics. It was a great year, really, really. and so I hate to leave anybody out. Um, Mike was right. Immortal Kieran Gillen on Immortal X Men could have mm-hmm. been a, a uh, or AXE Judgment Day, yeah, which kind of yeah. tied in together. Mm-hmm. Um, could have been a, a solid pick. Yep. But uh, I think I'm going to go with, um, only because it's been gone for so long, is um, Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples on Saga. Wow. Oh, yeah. nice. So we got the return of Saga with number 55 this year. And they didn't miss a beat. And uh, no, it picked up right where it left off. Uh, not to spoil anything, but 54 left on a huge cliffhanger with one of the main characters uh, possibly dying. 55 picks up. You have uh, a brand new protagonist. Um which we always kind of thought maybe the story would shift to Hazel and her family. Yeah. Um, and so, it, it, like Ron says, it, it, it flows seamlessly. Uh, if, if you really want to read something, um, you know, it, it's kind of hard to describe. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a Shakespearean uh, science fiction story. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, Fiona Staples, Brian K. Vaughn, Saga. It's and they're really good at um, keeping it in trades. Yes, Image yep. does a great job. They're always in trade, and I think the first issue, first volume, I think they price it price at nine ninety nine. Nice, yeah. a dedicated fan base for that book too, right? So even after taking a three year hiatus, Mike, it's insane because uh, a lot of times that'll kill a book. But yep, um, yep, yep. but yeah, they were gone for a few years, and the fans were right there waiting. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. Yep. Well, I think this has been enough recommendations. We normally like to do some <laughs> recommendations at the end, yeah. but if you can't get some recommendations out of that, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, we're going to go before we go book of the week. This is starting to just get a little long in the tooth, as they say. But why don't we wrap this up with some comics exchange and New Year's resolutions? Huh? Where did that long in the tooth phrase come from? I don't know. I, I like the origins of old it's phrases be a like dentist. that, but I don't. Could it have something to do with a saber tooth? Oh, oh. I mean, we'll we'll have that answer next week on the next episode to be continued. Tune in, listeners. Um, resolution. Yeah, those are always tricky mm. to do. Mm. Uh. Mine is going to be this year is to give myself more grace. Mm-hmm. Nice. I sometimes can be super hard on myself and not give myself a chance like I would my friends. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm going to try to show myself more grace this year. And I guess I'll look up more stuff for you, Bill. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's, it's, we're already off to a good start, Ron. This is going to be a good year. All I right. can already feel it. Thanks. Yes. Uh, for me, with the pandemic and just a crushing workload, um, I found myself, I think, distancing myself from people uh, mm. the past couple of years, some some friends I really care about. And with social media, it's just easy to feel like you're talking to someone and you're texting. It, it's just not the same. So I, I really want to get back in touch with some friends I've gotten away from and just let everybody know what they mean to me and that they're important to me. And uh, that, that seems important to me to do. And I'm going to have a runner up here. I'm going to get my, uh, my comics backlog cut up. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in 2023. You silly fool. <laughs> it's the bi-weekly thing, man. Um, so I think for 2023, uh, like you said, resolutions are they're a funny thing. Mm. Um, you're, you're kind of setting goals for yourself. But uh, in general, uh, I would like to spend more as much time as I could with my family. Because, mm. uh, you know, my girls are getting older and they, mm. they'll be out of the house soon. Um, and two, I would like to, uh, you know, we had to move the store last year. This oh, is right. uh, this has been my first year in the new store. You know, I would like to try and finish. I've still got to put up a few more shelves and uh, a couple more statues. Uh, so I'd like to finish up here. Um, I'd like to get a cool flag for the top of the store. I've got a flagpole. Uh, I don't really? know if you noticed. Have you ever noticed? No. So on the top of the store, there's a huge flagpole. It's probably 12 foot tall, 10 foot yeah. tall. And, um, you could run it up the flagpole and see whoever salutes. I need to. Uh, so maybe what I was thinking, we could get some uh, some recommendations from the listeners about what oh. kind of a cool flag. 
I was thinking like a Captain America, you know, red, white, and blue kind yeah, of thing. With there's a, probably a, some a great sh- artists out there that could design a flag. But yeah, if anybody's got some great ideas for a huge flag to put on top of a comic book store. Yeah. Uh, let's hear them because uh, I need some ideas. But yeah, so my resolution is just to uh, you know That'd one spend awesome. spend more time uh, surrounded by loved ones, and, yeah. and two to uh, you know kind of get the store back up and uh, uh, everything uh, situated. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the 2023. I, I think these are all accomplishable goals. I think yeah, I think yeah, we're yeah. gonna do it, guys. We're, we're gonna, gonna do, do it. it. Yeah. This this time next year we'll we'll sit around and and say who accomplished our goals. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. You huh. know what? I, we are going to have this the same show next year. I'm looking forward to it. I, I really like where yeah. we've come with this podcast, so I yeah. love doing it with you and guys. And we have some really amazing episodes coming up, mm-hmm. yeah, including you guys, you, the you guys, Langfords. Yeah, y'all are going to love it. We have, and, and not only that, but we're going to have some um, some stories from the comic book store. And, yep. uh, and I can't. I think I may have already uh, promised this, my San Diego Comic-Con passes to uh, our friend Tyler this year. Yeah. Oh, right. But... Him and his wife are going this year to a San Diego Comic Con for Comic Exchange, so we may have somebody, a reporter, live on yep. the floor. That'll be great. And uh, just in case you listen to this on Wednesday when it will probably go live, uh, new comics this week will be mm. Thursday, the January 5th. All right, the Marvel and Independence of DC stuff is in the store, yeah. but everything else, unfortunately, the winter weather last week delayed it. Captain Cold. Captain Gold. But it will not delay this podcast. No. no. And with that, I'm Mike D. I'm Ryan. And I'm Bill. See you in the funny books. Bye. Happy New Year. That was our top one ending. Two little kids out there.